Praise the Lord. Isn't it great to be here on this Sunday morning? Man, there's no better place to be than to come together with God's precious people, to worship Him, to call on Him, to bring our lives before Him, our needs, our desires. Amen. And He'll even give you the pleasures of your heart. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So thankful this morning for great reports. Sister Lynn gave us an awesome report this morning. Amen. And um, and the report is, <laughs> amen, that her, her heart and lungs, amen, uh, was in great shape. Uh, the doctor was actually amazed and uh, so we're thankful how God's working on her behalf and doing great things to strengthen her health. Amen. You know what she had been diagnosed with. They wouldn't expect her to live as long as she's lived. But uh, this is what God can do whenever you come to the Lord. And, amen. Put your trust in Him. Hallelujah. He could do some marvelous things for us. And it's so good to see each one of you with us today. We're going to let our classes be go back. Good to have all of our guests. God bless each one of you. Let's give them a good hand this morning. We want to take the time to appreciate each one of you, let you know, come to worship the Lord with us. And let me say a special thanks to all of the uh, different ones that helped me this week. Man, uh, I appreciate your labor and hard work. I got some great men in this church, amen, that's helped us in tremendously in the last few months even, coming sometimes all by themselves and other times of getting different things done. Sometimes a lot of things that's done behind the scenes, you really don't have a clue uh, what it took and how much effort took and things of that nature and time and effort uh, but they took out time and their time to come and do it and uh, so we're so thankful brother Andrew if you would uh, cut the air on because I'm about to burn up praise God and uh, maybe it won't be too bad put it on 70 uh, praise God so Anybody need some Sunday school books? We got plenty of them. Okay. thoroughly enjoyed Brother Rouse and Brother Sanford this month in preaching. We thank God for that. Hallelujah. And uh, we're so thankful uh, for great men of God that are come and help us along this journey, this path, the way that we talked about already, how that God, amen, will help us. Got a good lesson, though. I'm really just going to focus on the chapter of Joshua 24, really. That's what I'm going to focus on as much. And we're going to use some things out of the scriptures, but yet, amen, I mean, out of the, the lesson. But uh, mostly we're going to talk about the chapter, the writing of Joshua there. And uh, what he enlightens us about. And you really begin to look at this and understand this is just prior to Joshua's departing. It's kind of like Deuteronomy's, you know, it, whenever you understand that Moses had done got the word from God that he was going to die, he was not going into the promised land, 
and then this letter was written. And so it puts a lot of emphasis on that particular letter because you understand from what point that he wrote it from. So Joshua here in his days of coming to a close and after leading uh, the Israelite people and working with them for a period of time now and from, from battle to battle, from victory to victory, and uh, still we can see by his response here, especially in the focus verse of a battle that has been going on since the time. <laughs> and I believe you agree with me this morning that this battle is still going on, amen, in a sense, in a way, uh, and that's really the battle of decision, amen. And sometimes, you know, uh, we can make that decision, and sometimes even after making that decision, we're going to live for God, then sometimes we still find ourselves sometime in that valley of make a decision, going to make the right choices, going the right direction. And especially that has broadened, that has broadened in the world that we're living, the time that we're living. You're going to notice something that um, actually Joshua brings this down to a, an individual and to a household. Uh, you can't always, you can't, if, um, can I say this without maybe being offensive? Everybody wants to claim to be a leader, but most people are followers. Okay. Uh, most leaders are followers. In fact, to be a good leader, you got to be a follower. But uh, at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to a couple of things. Um, if you notice those that was used of God in the scriptures, that was mightily used of God, that would come against giants, uh, that would uh, step into scenarios and situations that was just unbelievable, that uh, it was absolutely impossible by resources of man or what this world could offer them. And so they knew it was going to be a God thing, such as Moses, whenever he went to Pharaoh, amen, to, to let my people go. And, uh, but uh, it's wilderness experiences. It's, it's times where people are willing to get isolated, when they're willing to get by themselves. But not by themselves. God would show up, and God would be there, and God would visit them. And uh, so we're going to see some of this. Uh, uh, I'm still, and I, I don't mean this as an offense to anybody. I really don't. And I understand both sides of the argument. But I am still amazed at what COVID done, even to some of our own apostolic people, and their living for God, and their trust of God, and their, their, their relationship, their fellowship. It was almost like a man, the, the, their fellowship or their relationship with God had to be, you know, if I couldn't have no church, and if I couldn't have no gathering together, none of this, it, it, it just... Uh, uh, and I know that's kind of rough, and I shouldn't even say it probably, but, but it was the truth. I saw this unfold, and I was shocked. I'll be honest with you, I was absolutely shocked in a sense, amen, because, you know, uh, thank God, amen, that he promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And, and you're going to see, you're going to see to really live for God. And, and I see this more today, amen, uh, making personal decisions and drawing lines and conviction. Uh, if, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to keep your conscience clean, and that's what Paul talks about in one area. He said, I kept his conscience before man and God. And so you have got to, you and I individually, and convictions and things of this nature to take a hold of our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Amen. We, you and I, we've got to personal walk with God. The statement that the religious world uses and we're afraid to use, 
as a personal savior. And you know, he is. He is a savior of the world, in fact. In fact, he's the only savior of the world. And if he hasn't saved you, you're not saved. Amen. Because the only way you can be saved, he says, I am the door. Amen. And, and except you believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins. And so Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, is the only one. And so, But he's got to become that personal savior. He's got, you've got to have that personal companionship, that personal relationship. Amen. To, to know him and to know his voice. And the word of God's taught us that we can know him and know his voice. Amen. That still small voice. Amen. Sometimes in the midst of the storms and troubles. To know that he is there. As we pray for some of these, I just felt impressed in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you know what? Sometimes uh, to, to know. Here's the victory. It's knowing who Christ is. It doesn't matter what the outcome or how I feel and what the battle looks like right now. Victory's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because he knows the ending from the beginning. And if I'll just walk with him, I'm going to have victory. I'm not, telling, I'm not telling us that the journey is easy. I'm not telling you it's painless. But what I am telling you, amen, that we're going to be victorious. Every disciple of Jesus Christ, I believe that term is, man, you're going to be known as you are. Amen. You know what? I believe, and I know a lot of people think that's as an individual. I personally believe that you're going to be known as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because that's what the old outcome is all is when it's all said and done. That all these other gods and doctrines and opinions and devils and all this other stuff, amen, is going to tremble. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. He's a king of kings. And so we're going to be known as what? Disciples of Jesus Christ. Our faith did not fail us. Our obedience unto his word and the pulling of his powers in our lives upon this earth. Amen. Led us unto that city. What was Abraham? The father of faith. What did he? I'm looking for a city that was made not by man but by God. We're on that same journey. And so, as we watch this, as far as me and my house, and it's really got down to the house now with technology. <laughs> Amen. It really has. It's really got down to the house. It's got down to the individual. Each heart has to be circumcised. And you got to keep it there. And I promise you, the devil's, uh, devil's is doing everything he can. And if you, if you listen to the world and all the others out there, they're doing everything they can. Amen. To persuade you. But Paul said, I'm persuaded. But he was persuaded in Jesus Christ. That he was able to keep that that he had promised. And the promise is eternal life. Amen. And the promise is he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Even when I won't take the, the thorn out of your flesh and relieve you of the messenger of Satan that buffets against you. My grace and my presence is sufficient, amen, to strengthen you to walk the journey. Fulfill the election and calling that's upon your life and what you have to deal with in life. We're not exempt. We can't be. We cannot be the witnesses of God if we're exempt from the heartaches and troubles and disappointments of life. If God just picks us up and sets us, then the argument of Satan against God with Job would have been true. But Job proved to Satan, God, and the world, I don't love God because he's got a hedge around me. I don't love God because everything I put my hand on, amen, man, it turns into money. And I don't love God because I got 10 
children that's doing an outstanding job, man. They love one another, man. They have together. And just by chance, if they sinned in their hearts, I'm all going to sacrifice to even cover that. That ain't the reason I love him. God, you could take all of that away. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to look for you. I'm going to still reach for your God, you know the way I'll take. So that's, that's what it's talking about. It's got to get down to personal. And the end of this lesson, that's what it guides us to. The individual. Because, and I'm far. I'm, we need a great church. We need great ministries through Albert Department. But if all that fails us, you as individuals can still be saved. God is sufficient. If I had to stand all by myself, I can't have no help from anybody else. Even if my own suitable helpmate says, why don't you just curse God and get this over with? Sometimes it's the, the distance of the battle and the pain. It's where the real test is. Sometimes it takes more faith not to be healed and be committed and dedicated and love God and keep the right countenance and not to charge God foolishly. Woo, come on now. Everybody give God glory when their back pocket's full of money and they're driving their automobiles and not having no problem. The family's doing good and, man, God's good. I'm going to tell you something. God's good when the hedges are down. God's good when, I'm, when my body's ranked with sin. Amen. I rank with, with, with some sickness. I tell you, God's good every day of my life. God's been good every day of my life. Regardless of what I went through, regardless of what I did, man, God was always good. So this is the companionship and relationship I'm talking about. And absolutely no other God or feeling or affection can rob you of it. The Bible says you got to love him with all of your heart. Love him with all your might. You got to love him with all your strength. You got to love him above your family. You got to love him above your brothers and sisters. You got to love him. You got to have a personal love for him above everything else you know of. This, this is what has to happen. It's about affections. It's about passion. When you have a passion for him and you have an affection. We see this. We see this with Mary. We saw that with Martha. In their own ways, but yet we saw this. So, as we look at this chapter and a few things that... Uh, Joshua brought to our attentions. And uh, so we're just going to start at the first verse. And well, let me read the focus verses to us. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Everybody's serving something, somebody, some voice, some spirit everybody whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood 
are the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a lot said in that verse, and we'll, we'll break it down a little bit and talk about some things that unfolds and what I believe Joshua was referring to here. You know, gods can be handed down to us. Our response and how we handle life and directions we take in life a lot of times, uh, if we're not careful, can be. These gods can go from, you, you can't kill spirits. You know, you don't, you know, only God can bind them and loose them and, and he's the one that's going to put them in their place and time. Peter talks about that with some. Amen. We know that he's going to send one angel down and bind the devil. Amen. So, so some spirits, and can I say this? Can I put it this way? Attitudes can come, can, can come across waters. Because <laughs> that's what he's talking about. The flood here, he's not talking about the flood of Noah. The flood is actually Euphrates. It's the river. It's the Jordan. It's this river. That's what he's talking about. That crossing over. You brought... You brought they brought some of them gods with them. And uh, even you and I, as, as apostolics and people, humanity, everybody's got certain gods and methods and ways of doing things and what they believe. And you can go to almost any religion. That's, that's gathering, maybe preaching out of this same book. And, you know, there, there's just hundreds of them now, seems to me. It's funny, we got one book, and the Bible's called us One God, and he's not the author of confusion. So somebody's wrong, and it's not God. I can tell you that much. I may be wrong in some things, but I can tell you one, it's not. And that's God, and that's his word right here. It's not. So what it's taught us, what it's given us instructions, that's what we got to humble ourselves, yield ourselves, and believe. Amen. And follow through with it. So the very beginning of this, Joshua's making a call. I want you to notice the very first verse. Joshua gathers all the tribes of Israel and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And watch this. What's this next statement in this verse? They presented themselves before who? Well, that changes the meeting, doesn't it? Who do we come expecting to be here today? That's the reason we handle the house of God. And really, we should reverence all places. We should walk because God's an all-seeing eye. He sees the good and evil. Okay? Thank God for that. He's watching. He knows. Nothing catches God by surprise. But it changes the assembling when they presented themselves as before God here. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the mayor of the city calling for a council meeting or something. But they presenting themselves before God now. And it changes the atmosphere. It changes the setting. It changes the outcome of this. So whenever Joshua, the man of God, called an assembly, they assembled as though they was going to assemble before God. 
Now, we're living in a nation, and we're living in a world at one time highly lifted, the house of God and men of God. But men of God was held to a very high water level. And also the politicians. Man, I'm jumping on some rabbits. I don't mean to, but... But as time has went on, and I believe you have to agree with me, that watermark has kind of, and that's also for preachers. We got some elders among us that's very concerned even about some of us. <laughs> how we dress and how we handle things and how we come to the house of God. That we think we can just walk in any old way, just come in off the streets and you'll never... I, I tell you, I've always had a problem. I'm going to tell you what. I believe the world could identify Israel even before the ark showed up. And, and so just let me say this. Uh, Christians walk different, talk different, dress different, look different. They're just different. But they ought to be. They should be. Okay? And because we're representing a different world. We're representing a different kingdom. We've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. And so, so, so there's some decisions. But, but here we are. But I've noticed that valley's really got wider. And now the decisions in that valley sure has changed a lot. At one time, you couldn't even hardly tell the difference, man. I'm, I'm just going to say it. At one time, amen, 50, 60, maybe 70, 80 years now, time slips away from us. You couldn't tell the difference, Charlie, between the church of God the United Pentecostal Church. But if we don't wake up, if we don't get a real stir, and now pull back in that valid decision, we're going to reach a point in the place you won't tell us no different than any of the rest of them. And that's not the will of God. And I don't really know why I got on this, but I'm on it. <laughs> I want to be what God wants me to be. Watch, listen to what the Bible says. You can get a man's reward. I'm not after a man's reward. Bill Gates can't bless me like God. Mr. Buffett can't bless me like God. Mr. Trump can't bless me like God. It's Jesus Christ and the riches of his kingdom. It's what we're after in this life and in that one to come. Talking about a kingdom can get set up in my heart and set up in my mind and set up in my spirit. That every day I lay my head in that pillar, everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what I'm driving. It doesn't matter what house I'm living. You know what I'm saying when I say that. I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what house I'm in, but I just want to make sure, you know, it don't matter if it costs 10000 or if it costs a half a million dollars. It don't matter. When it's all said and done, all that's going to matter is the decision I made in that valley, and I stayed with it. So, as he assembled them together, joined them together. You know, I could take it other times that Solomon, amen, and Samuel, and different ones, when they called how the pound presence of God would show up, and but let's move on. Time won't allow us. And so Joshua said unto the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers has dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nechor. They served other gods. He acknowledges this. He, he's, having them, he's bringing some history. 
unto them. And he's also informing them what God has done, where God has brought them from. Folks, let's don't ever forget where God's brought us from. I, I had a politician talk to me this this week, a man, and he just made the statement. He said, hey, if I get elected or not, he said, I'm gonna, I said, I'm not going to forget where I come from. He said, I, I want to I hold a position to help people. You know, whether or not, you know, I don't know him. I'm just telling you, that's, 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 that's where he's supposed to be. And uh, that's in all areas. But you and I as born-again Christians, as servants of God, that that's, should be our goal. That's one of our goals is to serve people, to help them. Be sensitive enough in the Holy Ghost and, and the call of God upon our lives. That, uh, it, kind things. And I know we can't solve everybody's problems, but one thing we can do is lead them to Jesus Christ and tell them where the helper's at. Amen. And so, so as you watch him here, he says, and, and so he talks about the old time to serve the other gods, and took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. God gave him Isaac. So he was reminding them what God's done. And he said, just continues on with this. And and it helps him to understand. And he talks about uh, Isaac. And then he talks about how that with Isaac, he gave him Jacob and Esau and gave Esau the land. And he gave how he blessed Jacob and sent Jacob and his people to Egypt, amen, into the world, amen. But it was God, amen, that only sent them there. It was God that brought them out of that, amen. It was God, amen. He's telling them that Moses, that raised up Moses, that put Moses up. He's helping them to understand this is not a man thing. This is not just something that happened and just transpired but you are a chosen nation you are a chosen people God's hand has been in this for hundreds of years now blessing you and bringing us and getting us I've said this often right here America hadn't got here by herself it's been the blessings and the favor of God many a many a times amen he shined down upon us in battles and he shined down upon us amen even in the the blessings and the material blessings and things of that nature it's been the goodness of God Now's not a time to turn our back on him. Now's not a time, amen, to pass laws and get him caught up in things, amen, that's so ungodly and so unwholesome, amen, that will cause the curse of God be poured out upon us. If there's ever been a time we need godly people, we need godly people to rise up and say, no, we're going to make a stand. We don't hate nobody. But I'm telling you, these sins and these unrighteous lives, they're not going to do nothing but bring damnation upon this nation, upon this country. And so we got to make a stand against it. You and I don't have the power or the authority or the ability to change the word of God. The word of God changes us. God's not interested in anybody trying to change the word. God's interested in changing us. I'm interested in being changed. How about you? I'm interested in being changed even today in my mind and heart and spirit, my outlook and my, my emotions and everything about how I worship him, how I call upon him. Why? Because I want to see miracles. I want to see the mighty hand and the mighty powers of God to move upon humanity and upon vessels and souls. Amen. To let them know there is a hope. There is a God that can redeem them. There is a God that can atone them. Hey, I was lost and none done. Amen. I didn't have a clue until the mercy and grace of God brought us around and brought us into this. I didn't deserve it. Hallelujah. You didn't deserve it. We don't act like we deserve it either. We're just thankful to be here. But God help us to be that vessel. Amen. In your kingdom. That our minds and hearts and souls. You know why? It's a personal relationship with God. It's not about money. It's not about numbers. It ain't about none of that. It's a love of God that shed abroad the hearts by the ups and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a kingdom of light that's ruling and reigning. We're still the salt of the earth. If there's any hope for this world, this community is going to be the church. It's always been the church. I thank God for administrations. I 
Thank God for all kind of programs. Lord, can I say this? If the church somehow could rise up and become the church that the Bible talks about, there's a lot of these programs that go out of business. I'm not being ugly. They're just trying to do it man's way. They just they just putting band-aids on a lot of things that, you know, just covering up and trying to to, you know, balance it out. But the church, bringing them to the church, bring them to the house of God, they can find deliverance. For the four dimension, deliverance, setting free from it, you know, uh, being brought out of it. It doesn't rule me now. It doesn't dominate me now. It doesn't control me now. Uh, it once did, but not anymore. Because I made a decision in the valley. And God set me free. And I hadn't went back to it. And I hadn't picked it back up. But it's been the mercy and grace of God that's kept me from it. And so... This is where he's trying to lead them. This is what he's trying to get. And when he talks about in the fifth verse, and he says, and sent Moses and Aaron and, and, and plagued Egypt and according to that which is, was not them. And afterwards he brought you out and brought your fathers out of Egypt. And, and so, and across the Red Sea. Did you know that's in even in 1 Corinthians, uh, the 10th chapter, the same setting, the same lighting. All of this, so watch this. It's just to see how God works and how he had this plan all worked out. Amen. Whenever he brought Israel out of Egypt, Egypt. Egypt is known as a world. He brings them through the Red Sea. Anybody is going to be brought out of bondage and out from under the taskmasters. Amen. They had to follow Moses. Moses was Christ-like. One of the greatest characters in the Bible that you're going to read about that's Christ-like. Amen. And so, so they got to follow him out of there. They got to obey him when he instructs him. Amen. How to get everybody to get a lamb. And a family, you can't eat all of it. You get together because all the lamb has to be eaten. It's all killed on a certain time. It had to go through an examination. And I don't have time for all this. Anyway, they had to put the blood on the, blood, on the doorposts and lentils of their homes to keep the death angel out out and on that night amen at midnight as that judgment came through and all the firstborn had had to die and no one was exempt from Pharaoh right down to whoever it was and even at the end of the Israelites that did not obey Moses and put the blood on the doorpost and their firstborn of their homes died it's blood blood amen blood's what keeps us without the shame of blood there's no remission so the blood's got to be applied there's only one blood that can cleanse us and wash us and that's the blood of Jesus Christ and so there was a type of baptism two elements spirit and water now watch this now they got to follow Moses as they come out and they got to go through a Red Sea and so now watch what Paul writes into the Corinthian church a church is kind of messed up spiritually and kind of thinking uh, things and, and t- talents and skills and, and gifts and using, using them for their own side and so he's trying to get it back in order and so when you go to 1 Corinthians the 10th chapter I'm going to leave about the first 11 verses but listen to what he says about it moreover brethren I would not that he should be ignorant how that all of our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea listen to him both spirit and water here. Amen. Both born again of the water and of the spirit. That, and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All of them was baptized into Moses. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. Did all drink of the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Thank God for the rock. Amen. Thank God for this relationship. Listen to what he's telling them. Amen. He says, but with many of them God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these were... The, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Listen to what he's saying now. Where are we going? What are we getting involved in? You know, 
I'm just going to be honest about myself. When I came to this truth, I thought, man, if I could just get the Holy Ghost, I won't have no more troubles. I won't have no more struggles. Man, you know, I won't never have no desire for this world. I won't have no battles, none of that junk. And man, I, you know, I just thought, hey, you know, we'd just be angels floating in the air, you know. Boy, was I shocked. <laughs> Man, and, and if you're not careful, it'll play games with you. It'll mess you up. Play games in your mind, your heart. Because cause the, the, the enemy's shooting, and he's doing everything he can to pull and draw. But you've got to get your mind made up. Amen. And here, here's, here's, here's where I'm, I'm, I'm a, little, a little anxiety, I might say, about it. We've got too many apostolics that are broadening it up now. One time we taught and preached again, it wouldn't associate with that. But now we're becoming more and more involved. Caught up. So, over a period of time, has this lust made its way back? Has this thing creeped its way back in? And so, we've got to get our guards up and we've got to make sure. Now we call it, you know. Used to, it wasn't a big deal. We just preached against TV and it was a done deal. You keep Hollywood out. But now I notice it's changed. When he preached to us now, what do they call it? Anybody know? Screen time. How much screen time are you putting in? We got two of them up in here. Some of them screens ain't no bigger than my hand. Some of them, when they first come out with computers, you know. Now. <laughs> but the steel, watch this, the real enemy of the screen is the time you're putting in it and what you're beholding. And when you spend more time in front of the screen... I don't care if it's whatever it might be outside the Word of God. you got to work on it. I understand that. And a lot of us do. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your time, amen, that could be either leisure time or your free time. I'm not talking about your work time. And whenever you spend more time there, if you'll spend three or four hours in the evening time looking at Facebook and, and the screen, and you ain't spend no time in prayer. The same God just got you that we preached against 60 years ago. Because one of the strong points against television, it's a time robber. And it was. They come out with it. The statistics are telling us first graders are spending 50, 60 hours a week in front of television. The world was putting this out. Warning the world then. This is warping your baby's mind. This is messing them up. It's, they, don't have the, they don't have no imagination at all. They never know what it is to get on old, old spare tire that's tied in a rope and tree and win the world battles. <laughs> you don't believe that? Go home and get your old rope and get your tire tied up. I should tell them kids go out there and play in it. Mm -mm. They want something that's got a screen as it can be God's I'm telling you that's, that's 
you know, we're not, we're not battling against fleshly gods like they had to. When they went into those, watch him, serving the gods on the other side of the flood. So apparently some of them slipped across the waters. Apparently somebody drugged some with them. Listen to Joshua. It was happening. Or he wouldn't be questioning them with this 15th verse when we get there. He said, are you going to serve the gods of the Amorites in your present land where you're at? So this is what he's trying to help us to deal with and try to prepare ourselves for. Uh, now these things were our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. How many of you get excited about going out to eat? Well, y'all ain't responding. I'm going to tell you something. There was a time in this community and in our time, if you said going out to eat, it was a major event. I'm not down at it. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you where we at. What we, you know, and I've mentioned this before. What's the three major growing businesses in George County? Hospitals, nursing homes, and eating places. And probably the ver- you can probably reverse that order. Or you can say eating places, hospitals, and funeral homes. Boy, some of you won't smile at me for nothing, but that's all right. That's all right. It's all right. But examples, this is what happened to them. We're not exempt. I'm not exempt. Nobody in this room is exempt. Sometimes, you know, we need to face reality. And we need to look around and say, well, that's all. That's... No, no, wait a minute. God, what do you think about what's going on? God, how you feel where I'm at? Because the bottom line, Lord, I want to please you. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. But you know what? We want to please him above everything and everybody else. We don't say that. To be mean. We don't say that to be different. We don't say that to be harsh or judgmental. No, we just want to please God. He's our maker. He's our creator. I am what I am by His grace. It's His compassion and mercy and blessings. I wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be here this morning. And so we want to please Him. We want to serve Him. We want His Spirit to abode. We want His voice to be in our lives. We want to love His commandments and statutes and principles. And so as He goes on, says, Neither let us commit fornications as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world 
to come. Now, now, do you believe we, we're a part of that generation that's upon the ends of the world? I just read a few things that mumbling, the fornication. Are those things, are those spirits really alive among us today? They are. They are. And so we have to purpose in our hearts and minds as we watch a Joshua here. As he's instructed them, he's brought them in. And to, so he, he's helping them to understand. He talks about where the fathers is brought from. He talks about how, if you go to the seventh verse, it talks about, Your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. He dwell in the wilderness a long season. He talks about how he brought them to the land of the Amorites. He talks about, and you drop on down, how he delivered them. From You drop down about the 11th verse. You're going to see how he had brought them over the Jordan River, how he brought them through Jericho, and how he fought again against all the Amorites and the Perjocites and the Canaanites and Hittites and all the other Vites that's in that list there, Jebusites, all those enemies. God delivered them, put them in their hands. It wasn't by, now listen to him. It wasn't, listen to the next verse. And I sent the hornet, amen, before you and, and and, and I've tried to study that out. Some, some literally think, you know, there was a, a, a bee, a certain type of bee that's in that part. Amen. That God would actually send that hornet into those places, in those hidden places where they could put snipers and things of this nature up there. God would send hornets in that place and drive them out, expose them. God done this. It really do us good sometimes to sit back around and look around saying, you know what, God, you're really working in my life. Man, God, you're awesome. This is not, it's not because I'm so smart and so, no. God, it's your hand. It's your mercy and grace. It's your power. It's your, your word that we're keeping and loving and cherishing that's, that's bringing us to where we're at and helping us to accomplish and achieve. And, and so he talks about the next verse. He says, he goes on. He talks about the hornets. But watch this. But the last part of that, he says, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. You didn't do it. With your sword or with your bow, you, you didn't bring and I know we boast, even America, we boast in our military. We, we thank God for it and things of that nature. But I'm going to tell you something, with all the high tech and all the other, if God's not for us, God can raise up any of that third world country over and take us out any time he gets ready. Ah, preacher, I'm going to tell you what. He done Israel that way time and time again. If he'll do Israel that way, read Jude. If he done the angels that way, he done Israel that way, he'll do the church the same way. I know we got some out there. You wouldn't beat up your wife. That's a different ball game, buddy. There's a different. Nope, I wouldn't beat her up. And I won't beat up my kids. But I will do this. When it comes to the point when I have to, I will use a rod. I know we're getting away from that. They don't think of it. It's still the Bible says a rod's what drives the foolishness out of a kid. It's got to be applied at the right time, the right reason, the right attitude. And you should never brag on it. If you do, your spirit's wrong. In fact, whenever the enemy rose up and whipped them too hard, he brought judgment on them. Oh, there is a balance. Sorry. <laughs> so, as we make our way now to the focus verse. What's the next thing? Now, when we gather, we gather in God, and he reminds us. So a lot of times we come in here, you know, you know, the devil's going to try to remind you of all the blah, okay? But sometimes if we get in here, we start remembering how good God's been to us and where God's brought us from and how he's blessed us and his mercy and grace, okay? Now, what's this next one? He, he informs them how a man to, to worship and how to, 
He says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him, what? In sincerity and in truth. In sincerity and in truth. We, we don't come to put on. We don't come to be a put on. We don't come to entertain one another. Our worship, everything about us. Uh, you know, I love to see these young boys. I love to see them. And we're going to encourage them to worship and magnify God. But I don't want to pick it up YouTube dances. I don't pick it up early dances. And parents, you help me out of that. Well, well, well. You got to help me out at the home with some of that. If you don't, don't get mad if I embarrass them. Well, there's the bombshell. <laughs> and I'm not wanting to. I can promise you that right now. I want them in this thing. I want them to love it. I want them to fall in love with it. I want them to get the Holy Ghost. I want them to live for God. I want to raise up a generation that don't know anything about alcohol and don't know anything about drugs. Don't know anything about that. But they know what it is to get in the Holy Ghost. And they know what it is to speak in tongues. And they know how to get lost in God. They know how to get high. You talk about a high. Amen. You talk about a high. And you watch this. This high can be met again. That drug high, amen, can never be met again. But the high in God. And you know what? Regardless of what we experience, it's nothing like we're going to experience in that moment. of twinkling an eye. When this old man puts on that new man. I tell you, everything. Everything's up. Everything's up living for God. Everything's down living for the world, living for the devil. It's a loser. Every step along the way, it's a loser. So you gotta, we gotta get our minds made up. We gotta get our minds made up. But hey, I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna serve God. I, I, I'm gonna do it with, 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 with joy too. I want my countenance. Man, I walk in this place, I want my countenance to please God. Well, be something God put a couple of, you know. You see them little speakers? What if we turn them into cameras? And we somehow can map them into heaven. <laughs> well, that's happening. <laughs> Not through them, but God's watching. <laughs> he watches our response in the house of God, how we approach and how, how joyful we are to worship him. You know, to be here and to feel his touch and presence, to join together. Bible's warned us not to grieve, man, the Holy Ghost. I don't want to grieve it. I don't grieve it by no means. And so it gets, brings us unto our focus verse is the 15th verse. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Notice what he done. Today is the day. Now is the time. That's in the New Testament. Now is the time. Make up your mind. Make up in your heart. Make up in your spirit. God, I'm going to live for you. God, I'm going to serve you. There's going to be struggles and there's going to be battles. But you know what? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do my best to humble myself and put my confidence in you. Put my trust in you. Could it be that the reason some things is not working as well as they had in the past, that God, God slowly but surely pulling some of those things away? It's kind of like the eagle. That old mother eagle that worked so hard to get that structure of that, that nest, both the male and female. 
They put thorny parts in first and wove them in and built a structure upon the side of a mountain that can stand the winds and the storms. But inside that old nest, they fill it up with soft things and with the, the thorns and the, that comes out of them old, old bush and whatever they used up there to so it so they'd have when they first hatch out <laughs> those little eaglets and have a comfortable place because they need a comfortable place for a few days and a few weeks until they can grow. <laughs> See, that's all God wants us to do is to grow. Grow in his word, grow in his love, grow in his faith. God doesn't, you know, there's a spirit, I believe, that you own this nation that think that whenever you start calling yourself a Christian, you ought to get the best deals. I've had people walk in that hardware store and claim to be Christians and act like we ought to cut 10% off of their pay. You know what my idea is? We ought to charge you 10 cents more. Amen. You're so blessed of God and God been so good to you, we ought to charge you 10% more. Boy, that didn't go over good, but it's still the truth. Because you know what? Money is not my God. I tell you, God's my God. And money's not going to ruin or the love of it's not going to ruin my life. I don't care if I leave here as a pauper and a beggar. I'd rather be a pauper and a beggar, amen, living for God. To take place places with Bill Gates or any of the rest of them. God's been good to me. The money can ever be to me. Money gets you in trouble, but God won't get you in trouble. He'll get you in trouble, but he'll get you out. Amen. I'll tell you what he'll do. When you get in trouble, he'll get you out. When you mess up, he'll still come. When your money can't get you out, God can get you out. When the governor can't get you out, God can get you out. When the lawyer can't get you out, God can get you out. Praise God. And we serve, a, we serve an awesome God, a loving God, a caring God. And I'll tell you right now, when you're the apple of his eye, <laughs> Tell you, there's nothing like him to help us. And so, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. That's what Ruth done. That was the day. The man with Naomi. <laughs> we use this a lot of time in weddings. She had made up her mind. I'm going with you, Ruth. I'm going where you go. Man, your people's going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. In fact, where they lay you down and where you die and have a grave, that's where I'm going to be. Now, you watch this. If you read that closely, regardless of how horrible it got and bad it seemed to be, Ruth never murmured or complained. She went out in those fields, <laughs> gathered up what she could, and brought it back. But there was one watching God watched her. A Moabite, if you mind. Amen, if you understand that. A Moabitess girl. It wasn't a part of the lineage. wasn't a part of the lineup. But this is how you move God. Amen, because she was persuaded by something. Amen, by some stories. Somehow, some way that I'm far better off. I'm not going to follow my sister-in-law going back to her, her lands, her people, and their gods. No. Naomi, your God's going to be my God. And that's what you and I've got to do. In that valid decision, we've got to make it up. And the best time to make it up right here this morning.
make up my mind this morning. Jesus Christ is going to be the Lord of my life. God, you promised me the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get it. God, you promised me you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to charge you foolishly. I'm not going to let my emotions get the best of me. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to build on a fellowship. I'm going to build on a personal relationship. I'm going to know you for myself. I'm going to walk with you, amen, hand in hand. I'm going to let you lead me and guide me and direct me. It's one thing about it. And if you listen to Brother Fox's message, amen, hallelujah, I'm not going to pick up the whip and I'm not going to trample his blood under my feet and I'm not going to let his grace be in vain. God's been too good to me. God's been too faithful to me. I don't deserve, amen, the blessings I've got. I don't have nothing to mumble about or complain about. And I know life hasn't been fair to everybody. And I know there's some, amen, it's got a lot of scars. But I'll tell you something, Jesus Christ is still the best way to go. Jesus Christ is the one we got to turn to. Jesus Christ is the one that can reach in there and take all the bitterness out. Jesus Christ is the only one that can take out all the pain. Jesus Christ is the one that holds the words of eternal life. Jesus Christ is the only one that can drive the devil, the power of the devil out of your life. Jesus Christ is the only one that can deliver us from all the lies and all the pulls of the world. Nothing else should take that place. He's the only one that you can get drunk and be legal. That's right. He's the only one you can take a high. And they can check your blood and do what they want to. <laughs> but they won't find nothing to put you in jail for. That's the Holy Ghost. Paul done it. You and I can. As we stand here this morning. I'd like to say one more thing. A couple of things here at the end. All through that chapter. Joshua made a covenant with them. He also wrote it down. He also got a stone. He took a stone now. Pushed it over by the river, by the sanctuary. And he told the people, he said, that stone has heard everything that God said. And has also heard everything you said. Now a lot of people think that's crazy. But you know what? God could cause that stone to speak out everything. Amen. That it heard. Amen. And held. But it didn't stop there. And I know it, oh, this is not part of the lesson. But the 31st verse, I want you to listen to it. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived or outlived Joshua. And which had known, catch this one, which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. As long as there was an elder that could remind them day after day what God had done. Come on, church. Let's start telling people what God's doing. Let's start reminding them. Tell your baby, say, God's brought me out. God showed me mercy. One of the best ways to fight a spirit of rebellion, amen, is to start telling them and showing them how God good, how good God is. You got to quit in your own home making statements against God and against life and against your brothers and sisters and allowing other things because of every little pitfall that you've experienced. No, you got to back back up and say, you know what? That's a gateway for our own spirit to get into my household and get a hold of me. And I'm not going to do it. I'm going to humble myself and God, if you'll help me, if you'll open my eyes and my ears, I'm going to start telling my baby about the goodness of God. 
God and how good you've been. Oh, we've had struggles and trials, but you know what? Without a test, without trials, without everybody's going to have valleys. Everybody's got mountains to climb. Everybody's got a journey to amen. But I'll tell you, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And if you'll listen to his voice, he'll always bring you out on the other side. Amen. He'll always make you a winner. He'll always make you victorious. Amen. The season may not come as soon as you want it to. And the journey may be a little, de- little depth, a little more depthness than you'd like for it. But I promise you, hallelujah, God will see us through. We'll just make this a personal thing now. You've got to make it a personal thing. If you go back and read your lesson, it, it, it timed Israel. They, they worshiped together. They mumbered together. They rebelled together. But now Joshua was calling them because see how long this valley of decision, choosing, it had been, been going on for a long time. And still with Joshua at the closing of his own days. And so he's still battling that same old spirit. You got to make up in your mind. You can't be unstable and double-minded. Come on, James writes, James writes about it. You can't be double-minded. You can't act like whoever on Monday. Amen. And then all right, everything's going to be fine on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday nights. Oh, no, that ain't the way it works. Sure isn't. We want to be a Christian every day. We want to be a Christ-like in every situation. We want God to be our help. Let's pray this morning. Let's ask God. Amen. Let's, let's, let's commit ourselves this morning. Let's make this an individual affair with the Lord here this morning. Let's, let's, let's make some new covenants with him this morning. God, I'm going to do better. I'm going I'm to put some things in my heart and spirit. I'm going to make some... If, if the word of God pricked you in an area this morning, why don't you purpose this morning? I'm going to work on that. Hey Amen. I'm going to work on that. I'm, I'm going to zero in on that. I'm going to get the victory over that. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you today. We're so thankful for your love and your grace and mercy. Another opportunity to join together with your great people of God. Even all that's in this house this morning, the powers of your presence, the powers of your love would rest down upon each heart and soul and life. You know the days that we're facing, the weeks and months, but God from this day, there'd be such a stir in our hearts, a stir in our minds. You stir up the pureness in our minds, the pureness that's in our hearts, that we do that which is upright and wholesome and pleasing in your sight. We purpose some things like Daniel and them, God, in our hearts and minds and spirit, in the world that we're living, in the times that we're living, to live godly and to live upright, to hold to those old landmarks, to hold to those things that represents the power and the authority of your word and your spirit that's in our lives. Put a watchman at our door. Put a bridle upon our tongue. Create in us a right spirit, God. Mold us and shape us as vessels and temples of the Holy Ghost. Have the prayer meetings and the, and the prayer times and, and the pools and the powers of God upon our services. We want your presence to be with us. We want your anointing to be with us. We want this to be a place where souls can be born and lives can be touched and bodies can be healed through and by that wonderful name called Jesus Christ this morning all the praise all the glory and honor is going to be lifted to you you're our maker you're our creator we're here for no other reason Lord but to love and worship and magnify you today as you move upon the hearts and the souls and the minds of your people today through that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray love you this morning appreciate you God bless you. We'll be back tonight, 4 o'clock for all of the platform people. If it's any way possible, be here. I'm going to talk to you a few minutes, and then I think you're going to have practice at 4.30. So all of you that can be a part of that, it takes a part in this. We really appreciate your help, okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.